Welcome to the Wayside Podcast. I'm Robert Killingsworth. The audio for this episode comes from a sermon that was given during one of our Sunday services. We hope you are encouraged and inspired by today's word. I'm going to begin my remarks to you today by asking our great AV team to show a very short video. So that's what you find when you put in the search bar, robots taking over the world. (laughs) I found, actually found a lot of videos about table tenants and robots. Some of them have had fake news where they've put in a robot instead of the human playing. So be careful when you Google table tennis robots because apparently robots have taken over ping pong. The good news is, is that video is nine years old and if you watch the rest of it, the human does eventually figure it out and beats the robot. The bad news is the video is nine years old. So I don't know how it would work out if they played again today. So late this spring, the man considered the godfather of AI resigned from Google. Tech pioneer uh, researcher Dr. Jeffrey Hinton had been recruited a decade ago by Google to develop its AI technology, meaning its artificial intelligence technology. With the release last November of chat GPT for public use, remember all that stuff coming out about people uh, having them write your, their uh, letters of acceptance or, or, or applications for colleges and term papers and stuff like that? Or at least that's how I kind of let it hit me. But when they released that in November, based on Dr. Hinton's research, an AI space race seems to have been set off with Microsoft, Google, and a Chinese-based AI company, all accelerating the release of their internet-based computer programs like Chat CP or GPT, designed to simulate conversation with human users. Probably heard more about this than you wanted to already. Dr. Hinton's reason for leaving Google, though, in this past May is that so he can speak more freely of the growing dangers of AI. With his algorithm that he developed that allows machines to learn, coupled with the ever more powerful computer chips, Hinton believes machines are on track to becoming more smarter than he ever dreamed possible. Sounds like the line separating being human and being machine is becoming a lot thinner these days. We've come a long way from when 17th century French philosopher and mathematician René Descartes kicked off the Enlightenment by claiming, I think, therefore I am. Now, I am no philosophy student, so I'm probably 
interpreting his remark wrong, but I've always heard that phrase in the reverse, thinking it meant I exist, I am human, because I think. AI is apparently drawing near to that low bar of how we define what it means to be human. At least in terms of its intelligence, its knowledge base. But if researchers have managed to create algorithms for machines to learn, perhaps algorithms to mirror human empathy, its judgment, intuition, and maybe even creativity are not far behind. And if so, maybe we humans are in real danger. So I'm back to that age-old question, what does it mean to be human? Well, that question can likely be answered biologically, philosophically, psychologically. I'm most interested in what it means to be human theologically, spiritually. And today's gospel reading that Marty just read gives us two very different examples of being human. First, there's Peter. I I love Peter. I need Peter. And Peter's example is what keeps me from despair in my life. In last week's gospel, Peter was the hero, the rock star, Wesley told you all about him last, one, last week, the one given the keys to the kingdom because he was the first ever recorded to confess Jesus is Lord. Last week, Peter jumped at the chance to be the one who identified Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ, walking through Caesarea Philippi where there was a concentration of temples to Greek and Roman gods and emperors Jesus asks, turns and asks his disciples, who do they say the Son of Man is? The disciples responded with John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, the prophets, before Jesus pointedly asked, but who do you say that I am? Peter's quick response awarded him a new name, no longer to be called Simon, but Peter, the rock on whom the church will be built, and awarded the king's keys of the kingdom. No sooner, and this is what I love about and the need about Peter, no sooner does he get those rewards than he ricochets from being a rock to being a stumbling block. From being given the keys to the kingdom to being cast away from Jesus for allowing his human concerns to outweigh his call to follow Jesus. Maybe as long as Jesus performed mighty acts of wonder and healing, Peter was okay about walking away from his mundane life and being on this superstar's team. But hearing Jesus speak of his own suffering and death, well, that may have caused Peter to worry and realized that this was not what he signed up for. His ego needs for safety or his ego needs for being right about who Jesus is and how things are supposed to work out, all those human concerns now stand in his way to being a true disciple, 
a true friend of Jesus. I don't know about you, but this sounds a lot like me and my life. Hmm? My human concerns sometimes trump my ability, my commitment to follow Jesus. Sometimes I get it right. A lot of times I blow it. Sometimes I'm in sync with God. And other times God seems so indecipherable and far away. But then I remember Peter's story. And I have hope. After many more missteps like losing sight of Jesus and failing to walk on water, along with his three huge betrayals in the courtyard of Caiaphas, just to name a few of Peter's missteps, Peter experiences the the healing of reconciliation. He was open and ready for the gift of the Holy Spirit and to reassume the responsibility for the keys to the kingdom. But I said there were two examples of being human. The other example from today's gospel of being human is why it's Jesus, of course. The only human who is truly, fully human. When God became human, he lived a radically different way of being human, continuing his self-emptying by living a life of self-denial, not allowing the self or the human ego and its human concerns to be the primary guide of his life. God became human in the form of Jesus of Nazareth to sanctify, to make holy the experience of being human. But Jesus is clear that this being human business is not a walk in the park. That to become fully human, we are to deny ourselves, meaning leave our egos and their ego needs and all those human concerns behind and to take up our cross and follow him. Follow Jesus in active obedience to the Father and to the life he was asked to live. Those who wish to follow Jesus must understand that to follow Jesus, we put ourselves aside as we take up our cross and accept whatever it is, whatever is to come as part of our cross. This is what Jesus means when he says we must lose our lives. To live fully into our humanity and not live out of our own self-interest, we accept Not to avoid, not to avoid, not to deny, but we accept that hardship, pain, difficulty, and suffering is a part of losing our lives as we take up our cross and follow Jesus in the path of becoming truly human. Now I began this sermon by speaking about AI. And I close by calling us to embrace AI, but not artificial intelligence, but authentic intelligence. 
The early Christians knew and experienced their cross as hardship, persecution, even martyrdom. For that's how Peter's story ends, crucified upside down in Emperor Nero's purge of Christians and other enemies. We Christians in this country do not face generally such hardships as they did. Yet, by Jesus' words and examples, we are still called to live authentically our faith as he and the early Christians did. How do we do that? How do we take up our cross, lose our lives for Jesus' sake? It is quite simple, really. Authentic intelligence, authentic faith calls us to love God and love our neighbor. That's what Jesus taught, right? Love over and above all of our own petty little human concerns. And that's it. It's that simple and that hard. It all comes down to love, not love as some fuzzy, glossed over, warm glass of hot chocolate kind of feeling or some intellectual construct of, of course, I love everyone. It has to be words and, and beliefs that are put into definitive and specific action. That's what love is. Reflecting Jesus' self-denying, cross-carrying love. Now, the robots may end up taking over the world. But if we live into Jesus' call of of denying self and carrying our cross, love will be how true humans are identified and known. And love, love will save the world. Remember? For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. All we're asked in return, all we are asked, is to leave our petty little human needs, concerns, leave ourself behind and pick up and take the carry the cross of our lives and to follow Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are so grateful that you show us the way and you showed us the way how to be fully human. Lord God, help us to Leave ourself behind. Help us to not allow the human concerns of our needs and our wants and our desires to overwhelm us and control us so that we fail to pick up this cross of following you. There may be suffering, and the suffering may just be that, Lord, that we have to leave our egos behind and all of our wants and our expectations. 
But we know, Lord, if we take up our cross and follow you, you will guide us and lead us and love us and show us the way how to perfect our love and be truly, truly human. And we ask this in all confidence. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. The Wayside Podcast is a ministry of St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. It was created by Ryan Presley and the Reverend Wesley Arning. It is executive produced by Robert Killingsworth. The theme music was written and recorded by Robert Killingsworth. If you're interested in life at St. Martin's, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at St. Martin's Episcopal Church.